welcome to the podcast of Imago Day Community Eastside Gathering. Join us in this Sunday service as we look to the scriptures, seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ. Good morning, Imago. It was a lovely summer, wasn't it? Now that it's over, back, back to normal. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, We're wrapping up the Becoming series today. In two weeks on Pentecost Sunday, June 9th, we're going to start a new series going through the book of Acts, and we're going to do that for the summer. I'm excited for that series. As well, I'll be around for the majority of the summer to teach it. I know some of you, like last year, I went on sabbatical and were like, I don't know, I think he quit, but I came back. so I, need to re- I was asked to remind you that I'm not leaving again. <laughs> Though I'm a big fan of annual sabbaticals. My bosses aren't. I don't know. Put in a good word for me. Today as we wrap up this Becoming series, um, last service we had just a, a very kind of sweet time of the Holy Spirit ministering to us. And what we're going to do today is I'm going to do a shorter message and then we're going to spend some time actually practicing this thing that we've been talking about. What does it mean to to make space, to contemplate, to receive prayer, to have God meet us by His Spirit right where we're at? And so we want to Uh, Take some time to do that, and I'll explain that as as we go along. And so don't freak out and don't run. It's not not a scary thing. But but the, the point of this series has really been to say, how do we have a common conversation, a common language around what this spiritual journey looks like? One of the things that is both so beautiful and compelling and counterintuitive Uh, about faith in Jesus is that it is fundamentally about grace, which means you can't do anything to earn it, and you can't do anything so bad that it's not for you. And, And it's the only place in the world, and even within human relationships for the most part, where that kind of belonging and welcome and acceptance exists. And so in a very real sense, we're not, we're not familiar with living into this kind of grace. The thing that is true about every one of you here, it is mandatory for entrance into Imago Day, is that we are broken, sinful failures for the most part, right? Myself included, I'm not projecting my stuff onto you. Uh, we are, reco- like basically, the, that's how you get in that you are a sinner in need of grace, and we all are. And so one of the ironies is we try to, like maybe we go, okay, that was true then, but I'm not there now, and I'm going to polish it up, and I want you to think, like, yeah, that guy used to be a sinner, but now he's actually pretty, pretty good. And and what you do when we kind of go down that road is we disqualify ourselves from the main thing. Um, which is grace. 
and our dependence on grace and our need for grace. And so what brings us together and makes us stand in solidarity with every single human being in the world is we need grace. And the good news is you have a gracious, loving God who calls you to receive it. And the passage that I want to look at for a few minutes before we spend some time praying is in John chapter 15. And it's a passage that really summarizes this entire series that we've been in. Jesus is talking to the disciples. It's the night that He's going to be betrayed before He goes to the cross. As He, as he has this conversation, He's creating pictures and illustrations so that they understand what is most important. If you think about it, He's taught them for three and a half years, but He saves this for the night that he's betrayed and going to be crucified. These are really important words. And he wants them to understand the nature of what it means to be his disciples and to be people who can live out of this place of grace. And so here's the picture that he paints for them. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, and neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and it withers and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant doesn't know how his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you, so that you might go bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And this is my command, love each other. Early on in this series, we talked about the fact that, that the spiritual life that Jesus invites us to is not a ladder that we somehow are ascending. And, and when we get to the top of the ladder, when we become a ten, we've re, re, reached this sort of spiritual enlightenment. This is where fruit bearing occurs. Um, but most of us behave poorly, and so we're never climbing up the ladder. We're rather sliding down it. And, and that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is what your 
flesh and the devil want to make up in your head to think why you can't be united with God. What Jesus does is He flips the whole thing on the head and He says, you already are a ten. You've already arrived because you are united with Me. The deepest, most important part of who you are as a person has been united with Christ. When you trusted Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into your life and unites you to the Father through the Son by the Spirit, which means this relationship that has gone on for all eternity between Father and Son and Spirit, you and I are included in. That's why you hear him say, remain in me as I remain in you. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. It's this picture of union, and at the core of that union is this life-giving relationship where you belong as sons and daughters of the Father, where you are united to the Son as his friend. And where the Spirit is pouring out the love and the grace and the mercy and the peace of God into your hearts. And there's all these aspects of our personality and our character and our personhood, some of which are way out in dark places. They don't look anything like Jesus, but there are other places in our hearts and our lives that have been drawn into the flames of His love and they've been changed and they look like fruit that spiritual fruit like love and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness they look like jesus and and most often than not we aren't the ones that recognize the fruit somebody else does you seem calmer you seem more at peace you have less anxiety and you're like really it's like oh fruit you didn't know you were growing any Uh, so it's not something that we can produce And the imagery that he creates in John 15 is so clearly pointing to this. Because he says basically he's the vine, he is the the trunk that is connected to the source of life. And the Father is pruning and shaping and making sure that the life of Jesus comes through and bears fruit. And our job is to be a branch. And a branch doesn't really do anything but stay connected to the vine, right? The the branch doesn't wake up one day and say, I think I want to be the vine. Because the minute that the branch disconnects, it just falls on the ground. But when it stays connected, it's a conduit for what the vine itself is creating. Grapes or apples or flowers or roses. Now, nobody gets excited about fake fruit or fake flowers, right? I remember going to my grandparents' house, and she always had this bowl of fake grapes. And they were like these plastic, squishy grapes. I was like, these are the grossest things in the world. Like, they, they don't, they're, they're dusty, which is never an attractive thing on fruit. And and they've been here since I was like seven, and now I'm 15 or something. And you're like, you still have the grapes there. I don't know what drives people to be like, I want to be a fake grape maker, <laughs> right? Like, I want to produce fake fruit. Um, and yet, as Christians, we do it all the time, right? Like, I, 
I want you to at least think I have peace, even though it's like this waxy, squishy, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's not a peace that I'm actually interested in, Rick. My wife wouldn't be excited if I brought a dozen plastic roses to her and was like, don't sniff them because you're going to be disappointed. But, and yet when it comes to the Christian life, we think, well, maybe we can fake this stuff. And we're driven by image or we're worried about what you think this looks like. Or, you, you, you know, we're, we're in a culture that is so image-driven that we want to come across as people who have it all together. Some of us might feel ashamed of what is actually going on in this branch, and so we don't want anyone to know about it. But the point of the story is the branch does one thing, it just stays connected. And if it stays connected, it's going to do what it was supposed to do. It's going to produce whatever it's connected to. That's what's going to come in our life. So uh, as much as we like to think we are independent, self-perpetuating vines, the truth is we're branches. We're conduits of whatever we're plugged into. And so if we're connected to a world of chaos and speed and anxiety and information and polarization, then we look at the fruit in our life and we're like, huh, it's weird, there's a lot of anxiety here. It's because that's what we're connected to. Or shame, or guilt, or grief, or, you know, you name it, that's what's going to come out of the, the thing that we're connected to. And Jesus says, you have a very simple job. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die on behalf of you. I'm going to cover your sin and your guilt and shame so that you belong. You have the blood-bought right to remain in me. And you can never earn or produce that. And I am going to produce genuine Holy Spirit fruit through your life. Just remain in me. And then we're like, okay, that sounds awesome. And it doesn't take very long for like, I know he said apart from me I can do nothing, but I want to try, right? Like, I'm going to give it a go. And then it might be a week, a day, it might be 10 years, and we come back and you're like, yeah, he was right, actually. He, uh, I, there's nothing really there. There's a lot of plastic grapes and vegetables that people aren't interested in. And the point of it is if the Father, if Jesus has loved you as the Father has loved Him, and He says, now what do you do with it? And He says, remain in my love. Stay there. Stay connected. And some of you might go, okay, I'm trying, but I don't see much fruit. Well, fruit, fruit bears itself in season. We have a, a maple tree uh, that, that wraps around our front porch. And so for the whole winter, it's just branches and you can see the neighbors and you, could, you, know, you can see through it. And then like in one week, it goes from branches to like, I can't see the neighbors anymore. And I do all kinds of stuff back there. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't know. They don't know. 
But it happens because all of a sudden, at the right time, those branches do the thing that they're connected to do. Let's produce these leaves. And if you remain in Him, you will produce the thing that you are connected to. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but in season, He will produce His life in you. And our job in becoming is to recognize that the main thing, the only thing that we're called to do is remain in grace. Remain in the love of God. Stay there. Help each other stay there. Right? We talked about needing to go back and to go forward and that, that this journey takes into consideration our whole story. And so when Jesus talks about pruning, the idea that there are places in my heart and in my spirit and in my life that He needs to shape, that He needs to cut away, because they're getting in the way of bearing fruit. And that's a painful process at times. And that's where this gift of lament and grief and the ability to bear one another's burdens and weep with those who weep, it's all woven into this organic spiritual process that we're called to, that we're invited to. That the daily practices of word and prayer, he says, if my words remain in you and you remain in me, then ask whatever you want to my Father's glory. That we're now in this relationship where we're listening to the words as we remain in grace and then we're praying, we're speaking that back to God. And in this exchange of word and prayer, there's this transcendent reality that God is with us, that God shows up, that God cares, He listens, and He speaks. And we need one another for that. We need each other to listen for us, to pray with us, to stand in that space together, to wait on the God who says He will arise and show up, and He does. And so these daily practices are what help us stay there. Remain. You're a branch. Don't try to wiggle off the vine. Just stay there and drink up the person of Jesus as He pours His life out through you. And the goal of the whole thing is not that we become perfect, not that we become uh, self-defined branches, but that this branch and this vine and this source of life, we become friends. Friendship with God. He says, I'm not calling you servants. I'm not even calling you branches anymore. I'm calling you friends. Because I want you in on what my Father is doing in this world. I want you as participants in the purposes of my kingdom. I want you to know that you are my friend. And so what happens in your life, I deeply care about. But vice versa, you're going to begin to care deeply about what I'm doing and what I desire. And this friendship that grows from this place of grace. It isn't, it, it's something that we begin to become into 
When you're young, it looks a certain way. When you're older, it looks different. But what's true about the whole thing is that He has been with us through this process. And where we're learning, the further along we go, is that we actually need Him more, not less. So we're growing and becoming mature. And part of maturity means we're knowing how desperately we need Jesus. Maturity in our minds means we should be self-sufficient. But maturity in Scripture means, no, we're self-aware and therefore very dependent. It's, very, it's different than the world sees it. And so this goal of friendship with God and this path of becoming is a path of increasing fruitfulness or increasing life of Jesus showing up. He uses the words that you will bear fruit, and then he says much fruit, and then he says lasting fruit. And, and what's fascinating for me is that the several times that I read this, I just got hung up on fruit. Oh yeah, it's all about fruit. But I, but I noticed there was actually a progression here, that there's fruit, and then there's much fruit, and then there's this lasting fruit. That that so many of us are satisfied with one grape, right? We'd be like, oh my gosh, it's a grape. It's a Holy Spirit grape. But we're just like so stoked. Like we're bearing fruit. We're bearing fruit. But if you walked out to like a vineyard and saw all these vines and they had one grape on them, you probably wouldn't be like very stoked. You'd be like, something's a little wrong here. It's a, it's a, mono grape vine it's different <laughs> that that we wouldn't just be satisfied with fruit but that health of the vineyard is going to produce a fruit that shows up in abundance that shows up in a way that lasts that your life would not just bear fruit but as you continue to remain in this place of grace that more fruit would show up, that it would be a bumper crop one year. And not just that it would show up, but that when you're dead and gone, that fruit is going to remain because your life has been poured out into other people's lives. Jesus wants to do something so beautiful and so powerful and so reproductive in your soul that He is audacious enough to call it a harvest. That he wants to bring a harvest to bear through your life. And so, again, the way that this all happens, though, is by simply remaining in grace. Remaining in grace. In a few minutes, uh, we're going to come to this table, but we're going to take some time to contemplate this table. To contemplate the fact that Christ gives up His body to be broken and His blood to be shed so that you and I can be called sons and daughters of God. And there's nothing we can do to remove that grace from us and there's nothing we can do to pay Him back or earn it. And so how much of our attention have we given to the fact that when we take that bread and dip it in the cup of juice, or wine, and we eat it, we are actually experiencing the grace of Jesus. 
that I needed him to die for me. That in his love he died for me. That today I'm receiving that grace again. I want to create some space for you to contemplate that. To not take lightly this table. And we also want to create some space for you to be prayed for. In a minute, the worship team is going to come and the prayer team will come and they're just going to stand across the sanctuary here. And I want you to be able to, to have the courage to move up and say, can you pray for me? The picture that Jesus gave me is that we walk in here and we all have these cups and there are the cups of the life of Jesus. And for most of them, they're, they're kind of half full. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we're trying to put in them. But we all kind of hold them and we check each other's out. We're like, wow, your cup's pretty cool. He's like, thanks, I've been I painted it and I did a whole bunch of stuff to it. But when it comes to like giving others access to that, we're like, ah, we kind of want to guard it. Like, no, no, I'm good. This is my cup. There's some fruit going on you can't see. Don't worry about it, right? And yet Jesus has buckets and buckets of mercy and love and grace that he wants to pour out on you and power to break through sin and to break through anxiety. And, and we're just satisfied with this broken cup that doesn't even hold water. And so the invitation today is to come and receive prayer. When you receive prayer, that doesn't mean you have a crisis going on, right? It's, it's not a sign that says, I have problems. It's what we are called to as brothers and sisters in Christ. We help each other. We carry each other's burdens. Confess our sins to one another and we're healed. We receive prayer to receive the Spirit because in this moment, there is transcendence just between another sinner praying for another sinner and the Holy Spirit comes on and says, yeah, I like this and I'm here. And so in our time to respond is a time for us to step into becoming, which simply means to step into grace and to step into that together. During this time, we're just going to take a few minutes to have prayer, contemplate for you, maybe praying for your neighbors around you or praying together. Maybe you just need to be quiet. Maybe you need to come up for prayer. But we believe that God wants to meet us in this, to practice this, not just have me talk about it. And to do that, it's about getting out of the way so that the real us can be before the real God and we could step into that grace. And so if the worship team and the prayer team would come, I just want to pray for us as we go into this time that we would, uh, that we would step by faith into the grace of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Today, God, we offer to you this space with great thankfulness that you are the God of grace. And that apart from you, we can do nothing. 
God, there are people here today who are filled with anxiety. Jesus is inviting you to offer that to Him in prayer. People, brothers and sisters, who have unforgiveness in their heart, Jesus wants you to release that to Him in prayer. There are people here today who haven't trusted Christ fully today. Jesus wants you to come home. To come forward to pray with one of these people and say, I want to put my faith in Jesus. There are others of you here, and you're all invited to this space of prayer. We'll do communion after that, but we want to carve out some space now for the Holy Spirit to move. So Holy Spirit, we know You are here. We invite You to pour out Your love, pour out Your grace, pour out Your mercy as we come to You to remain in Your grace, God. We pray that God will use this message to strengthen your faith and draw you into a deeper relationship with himself. If you're interested in hearing other sermons or want more information about the church, please visit our website at idceastside.com. Thanks for listening.